Hello and welcome to this episode of The Gaming Podcast, the official podcast of Gaming Magazine. You can check out more from Gaming Magazine by visiting GamingMag.com. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G Mag.com. Remember, new episodes of The Gaming Podcast come out every two weeks. If you're new to the podcast, hello, uh, please click subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Later in the show, I'll be joined by Pixel Punks, an amazing pixel artist who has designed Gaming Magazine's new social media header, uh, to talk more about his work and how you can get your hands on a limited edition print of our artwork for charity. But first, making their podcast debut, I'm very, very happy to welcome Leon Killen to join me for some gaming gossip. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so lovely to be here. <laughs> always a joy. How's things? Always, always a joy. Well, you say, you say always a joy. It's your first joy. It's your my first, first joy. joy. Oh, my gosh. Um, how's things? I mean... When that's such a loaded question. I feel like it's always a loaded question, particularly this in this moment we're in. I think, by and large, I'm all right. Right. And that's, that's all we can ask for yes. at the moment. It's as good as it's going to get. I'm all right. <laughs> that's All right is, is really good in normal circumstances. <laughs> First up, Gamescom has been and gone for another year, and this year's one, like all other events this year, has felt very different. Uh, in a very much a digital sense. So I thought it'd be fun to recap some of our personal highlights from the event. Uh, I'm going to go first for obvious reasons. Regular listeners of the podcast will know what's about to fall out of my mouth. Uh, the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. Um, that is genuinely the highlight of my year, my life, uh, everything basically. Um, there was good news and bad news from Gamescom. Good news, uh, we got to see some gameplay trailer, uh, which really did look amazing and felt and really did sort of see the use of that new engine they've been developing. Um, and the genuine expanse of being able to play the entire Sky, uh, Star Wars saga to date uh, in one Lego-y game uh it just yeah that it blows my mind every time i think about it um bad news it's delayed to 2021 uh so there's that but hey it, it, with a game of that size what isn't going to get delayed to spring 2021 and i'm surprised that other games to be honest with you uh weren't delayed to 2021 as well i kind of think that gamescom probably issued a load of statements out like do not delay your game to 2021 <laughs> <laughs> do not come on our show. We do not want to be Gamescom. Oh God, it's delayed to 2021. Uh, so yeah, that was my kind of, that was the second that happened. I'm like, I, I was both in agony, but also both in ecstasy at the same time. So that was my major highlight. I hope they'd be worth it. I think so. I mean, it's been, I mean, let's be honest. It's been in, in the making for since, I mean, the, the, the first game they released uh, of the new newer trilogy um force awakens what was that four years ago now five years ago six years ago um and so i think yeah at least six <laughs> years ago so for me i think that that they knew this was coming it was an interesting decision not to not to keep uh picking up other games along the way so it was interesting not they would they, they weren't going to do the last jedi they just sort of thought we're just going to go all in on this on this kind of final wrap-up Skywalker saga, which obviously was meant to be released last year, then it was meant to be released this year. Um, well, I think it's meant to be, in fairness to them, it's meant to be released early, early, early this year. But 
that ain't going to happen and that didn't happen and then it all got a bit delayed and then that really didn't happen. Um, because, but yeah, no, it's... It, clearly what they're doing is they're, they're making you live through the entire weight of Luke's growth and you know, going from, <laughs> from, from child up to like grumpy yeah, we'll, we'll, hermit. We'll, we'll come back in 22 years' time and a few, a few pandemics later. <laughs> the and... authenticity is right there. Like, ah, oh, yes, I, I feel the, the length of time. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my sort of one of my major highlights. Um, I know that the uh, Dragon Age 4 caught your eye. I'm so excited. I mean, like, I think, is it a stereotype to say all the gays are really excited for Dragon Age? I mean, it it might be, but I feel like it's... No, the the, the second it came on screen, I could literally hear Amy (laughs) screaming from my house. Oh, I'm, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. I mean, I think... I think Dragon Age is such a special series in general, for, I think, for a lot of folks. Mm. Um, you know, it, it just... For me, it's one of those 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 series that's very near and dear to my heart. There's a lot of characters that I've just completely fell in love with. The world is just so immersive and beautiful, and the lore is just so rich. So, because we are all starving... Um, I, I could, you know, sort of like hear this, this, the, the, like just this, this, like primal roar of like a dragon age. Like it doesn't matter what it was. It could have just like shown us yeah. one still picture, and we would have been like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just yeah. so excited for it. It looks, you know, what we're getting so far, it looks. I'd expect. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, so, so far, I mean, just to just to sort of recap it, they've they didn't just do. Uh, a little trailer they also chucked in some behind the scenes they got some uh, people in talking about it they also offline released concept art in-game screenshots animations etc we've had it confirmed that solace is coming back uh, with gareth david lloyd uh, who i didn't know actually by the way voiced him oh. had no idea good voice good voice acting because obviously i i only know him as uh, the delicious yanto from torchwood <laughs> um R.I.P. Long Live Yanto, just a little sidebar. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I was sort of absolutely sort of taken back by everything they released. Uh, and like I say, I could hear the sort of collective in uh, sort of uh, breathing in of all the gays around the world simultaneously um, when this was when this hit the and screen. The, and the, the very mixed emotions when you just mentioned the solace. Any, anything with solace is kind of like the the divide was incredible. <laughs> like I, I have no. I'm, I feel like a bit of a bit of a weird one. I have no particular opinions on it. Um, <laughs> it's like oh, okay, but the the rage and joy <laughs> just was quite immense. What do you think would have happened if it was Dorian that was revealed? Oh man, um, I think Dorian is you know, obviously Dorian is way less divisive, and I think hmm. I think there'd just be I. I almost think that there would be a cheer, but I don't think it'd be so intense. I think Solace has a very particular galvanizing effect on emotions, mm. like either the sort of intense love or I know that or Dor- like really hate him. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Dorian, who knows? Because mm. I, I think I could have heard Amy explode <laughs> physically if, if Dorian was involved, because I know that she's very much a Dorian uh, stan. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think in some ways them not revealing Dorian might have actually saved Amy. I think so. Life. I mean, we, we want Amy to live. 
We do love her. We want her to survive. Exactly. You know, if, if they showed exactly. Fenris, you would have heard me scream and um, <laughs> just like running up and down the country. Um, but yeah, he's my boy. They're like, where is my boy? Got it. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, we had another deeper sort of dive into them. Um, we obviously saw the the real full announcement for them was back at the PS5 reveal event. Uh, whenever that was, because time all blends together in this weird sort of lockdown world we're in. Um, but this has given us a much deeper look at the gameplay, uh, the traditional third camera, third camera, third third party, third, third yes, whatever. <laughs> That's the one, third person camera. Uh, but we also got to look at some of the rift mechanics as well and the rift shifting feature, uh, which I think is really interesting. Um, so I'm... Very much looking forward to that as someone that was brought up on a rack. I was going to say, Clank. it's really nostalgic. It's really quite, quite like, yeah. oh, lovely. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's so nice to see. And, and the kind of the new character yeah. production seems, seems like it's going to be a good, good time. Absolutely. Sidebar, uh, it was literally like an, an hour, I think, before we record this podcast. Uh, my entire youth um, is coming back to haunt me because uh, Nintendo have announced they're releasing this triple pack of Mario oh, All-Stars. God. Um, and so literally every Mario game that I was brought up on is coming back to Switch. Um, so that's my youth literally sort of coming back to, coming back and something for me to embrace. Um, no, the Ratchet and Clank, I think was definitely one of those things. It was also confirmed that it will be in the launch window, uh, for PlayStation 5 as well. So it's not going to be one of those ones we have to sit around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for it to arrive. Thank you, Lego Spring 2021. Um, uh, having mentioned Star Wars, I'm going to stick with Star Wars because uh, in <laughs> in what's probably classified as the what the fuck kind of moment of Gamescom, uh, Sims 4 announced a Star Wars expansion, which genuinely gave me life, but also caused me to go <coughs> at the same time. <laughs> but digging into it further uh, on the surface looks really cool. But actually, it look, it's actually clever because it's a marketing ploy uh, for the Disney parks, basically, because it's Journey to Batu, And for those of you who don't know, Batu, uh, with two U's, is the planet, uh, the galaxy's edge, uh, which the two, the, the areas at the two Disney parks is based on, or the planet is based on. So it's actually a very clever interactive advert for going to Disney. <laughs> well, you know, in this, in the, in the covered moment, um, <laughs> who knows? Um, <laughs> well, yes. Him, uh, yeah. I, I guess that's the closest you are going to yeah. get to Disney at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's also a really interesting intersection of, you know, the, I think there's this, this, this sort of stereotype of, of particular kinds of gamers play the Sims and how mm. do you sort of draw, you know, Respark interest or bring a sort of new new wave of interest into both the Sims and Star Wars. Well, why not shove them together? It, you know, some some fun things come up. And they've tried everything else. <laughs> um, what's interesting, and I'm not really a Sims player um, because I, that's more of a self-imposed exile. Because I can lose days in that game, like my entire business could fall over because I'm playing the Sims. But what I find interesting and some of the conversations that I've been seeing happening online, it feels there's a group of people out there who play The Sims who actually understand the story and understand the characters and the lore 
and like they actually follow the, these people's lives, which it's, I didn't know. I'll be lot. honest. I yeah. I, I <laughs> there's a story. I genuinely thought these were just a load of random people that you stuffed in a house and then locked them in a room by taking the door away and watching them burn to death. But I thought that Sims stood but like was short for simulator. Yeah, absolutely. But apparently, there's some of the characters going back to some of the earlier Sims, like one and oh. two. Some of the characters actually had a real backstory, and oh. you could play some of those stories. You could, they all interconnected. They sort of had love lives that existed. Um, and I'd, I've been reading a lot of criticism about how with The Sims is maybe moving further away from that into more like the last few. Um, the last few sort of DLCs, I think, for Sims or even Sims 3 were very sort of, uh, they can do this, they can do that. It's like a really dis- disparate kind of collection of, of DLCs. It didn't really make too much sense to anyone. Um, I think it's cool, but I, I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm feeding back to us all uh, that there is a certain element of the Sims community that maybe um, wanted more of a deep dive into uh, one of the characters' backstory or something. So, if you're that sad, great. If you're not, then Star Wars is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, in other words, if you're, if you're Robin, you're very excited. If not, Sodja. Basically. Basically. <laughs> no, I think it'd be fun. I mean, look, it, it's Star Wars in The Sims. What more can you want? Who doesn't want to run around with a lightsaber? Uh, you can lock a Darth Vader in a pool and take the stairs away and just watch him drown. That's what I always do with Sims when I get bored. Oh, I no, find ent- entertaining, entertaining ways for them to die. <laughs> Just imagine the emperor in a hot tub. Could I not? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather, I prefer not to. <laughs> More importantly, if, if Juno Birch ever gets her hands on uh, this expansion pack, God knows what hilarity she's going to come up with. <laughs> for those of you who don't, who don't know, Juno Birch, uh, British drag queen, lover to death, does amazing uh sims videos on her youtube channel um and she to be fair is actually someone that's given them a lot of backstory but it's probably not backstory that's ea approved um and and yeah i'd so i if she ever gets hold of that i I dread to think what she'll do in a hilarious kind of way so that's something to look out for you say dread you mean we encourage fully absolutely go for it (laughs) Juno. i i will get you i will use every inch of power that i've got which is minimal uh, to try to get you a DLC, a free copy of this, uh, purely just to sort of egg you on. Exclusively stated here on the podcast, Robin is exactly. going to do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I, I immediately sort of said with the limited amount of power that I have, so I've already given myself, I've already given myself the out over like, <laughs> oh, EA doesn't want to talk to me because I slated them once for using loot boxes too many times. I mean, they do though. Yeah. Yes. Um, what else? What else caught your eye at Gamescom? Oh, I'm really excited for uh, Genshin Impact, actually, um, mm. because of a massive week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, you know, fully admit, like, I, I love my JRPGs a whole bunch, but like, what, what I think really caught my eye about uh, Genshin Impact is it, it looks, it, it looks to you know, at a glance to me, like a sort of combination between something that Ghibli would make and Eternal Sonata. And I loved Eternal Sonata so much, and sort of seeing this very sort of um, I even describe it just the this very fantastical kind of shiny, very sort of um, you know Breath of the Wild style RPG with a bunch of new characters. That's it just looks it just it just looks very very nice. I'm 
I'm quite interested. Mm. Um, it's been a long I time think... since I picked up a JRPG, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Some would say they're ten a penny, um, but I think the, I think the the argument is the good ones um, are sort of few and far between. Yes, um, and I think this one definitely, purely on the art style, purely just looking at the trailer, which is beautiful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, all the I should say all the games that we're mentioning here. Um, I will put the trailers for them into the article on gaming mag so go and check out gaming mag and you can watch all the trailers that we mentioned but no this that one is is like it it does look special um i it, sometimes i mean i'm i'm probably the worst person to talk about this because i'm not really a jrpg fan um you're not a big weeb i mean no no imagine <laughs> imagine me being not a big weeb um i sometimes think that some of the jrpgs are a bit cookie cutter mm-hmm. In, in a sense of they all you literally could just lift up one game and put it down in the place of another and it's exactly the same um i have similar thoughts on anime as well um gee and... you, you don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing a, a judgmental theme here Robin. Oh. less judgmental more just like i don't quite get it so and it's okay i, I thought that way about star wars so exactly i felt that i felt that but i kept i still kept fucking talking about it so here i we know are. you did um I've got another one coming up. No, I'm joking. There's no more Star Wars. <laughs> um, there is actually. There was another. There was another Star Wars game that was revealed, which is the, which is the fighter one. But I'm not really a fighter fan, so we'll park that. <laughs> but no, this this looks really good, and the art style alone is something worth just picking up. Um, so yeah. It looks gorgeous. So really interested it to does. see if it's if it kind of holds up to the quality of the trailer. That's that's the thing. Like you know, it it looks visually stunning on the trailer. Mm. Will it hold up in gameplay? Who knows? I guess that's always a challenge, isn't it? When you make a really visually, uh, a visually impactful game, it's like, are you really going to translate that well into a good, a good in inverted commas, doing air comments on a on an audio only podcast? But I am doing air commas um, to it to it becoming a good game, um, and that's always a challenge. In the same way, I suppose with films, films can look good or look funny, but it turns out the actual main, the whole film's pretty shit. Hopefully this one isn't. Um, what else? What else? What else? Fall Guys season two was also uh, revealed uh, as if we haven't just had season one. And obviously Fall Guys being the amazingly popular game that sort of has taken the world by storm. They decided that it's time for a season two already. And the cutesy yellow beans are now going to be decked out in medieval garb, which. Uh, OK. Like, I get it. I, I, I get the point. Like I get why different seasons uh, it's cute it's a really good idea um i think it's very merchandisable standby for christmas um but i i'm not do we need another medieval game oh look it's not oh look it's another medieval theme it's either that or cyberpunk at the moment isn't it i mean what happened to like doing 1980s with big afros or something or or all the four guys in sort of um uh shell suits or you just you just want four guys drag race like just come out and say it like yes you know say yes. with the chest yeah, Fall Guys Drag Race. That's hilarious. Oh, gosh. It'd just be, yeah, that'd be I amazing. Want it, oh, actually. I want it so much. Oh, no. That would just be silky rolling over everything, wouldn't it? We, do we need to just get a bunch of drag queens to do, like, oh, you can't do, we can't yet do um, teams, but man, a bunch of drag queens playing some Fall Guys. Well, there's enough of, oh, you, no. yeah, I mean, check out the streaming. There's already some great uh through sort of our partners at the rainbow arcade and and also the stream queens there's there are some great drag uh streamers that are streaming for guys but 
I think actually getting drag queens into, even if it's a full RuPaul matchup, like who wouldn't want to just go barreling past Vanji or something with just like a massive mouth just clapping away uh, or something? This is excellent. Mediatonic, make it happen. Yeah, um. Mediatonic. I know you. I know someone at Mediatonic listens to this podcast. I know so. someone at Mediatonic. <laughs> there we go. So there's there's two people at Mediatonic yeah. who are at, this at least. So, yes. So I know you're hearing this. We need a drag race. By the way, four guys drag race. Four guys. Yeah, four guys drag race. Also, why hasn't there been a good RuPaul's Drag Race game? Of all the things that World of Wonder try and lash themselves to a post to try and merch the shit out of the concept and flog it to death, I'm surprised that nobody. <sighs> they, the, correction, they did one, which was kind of like this weird um personalization sort of game but i'm surprised no one's actually come up with a good even even if it was a match three it's shit i hate match threes but i would only i I would only accept (laughs) this is gonna date me now and i don't care (laughs) that that spice girls game on the playstation but rupaul okay okay that accept but i I think i think one of the problems perhaps is that we i think we're hitting a bit of rupaul specific teague um Oh, that's Apps. a t- that that is that this is okay. So this is a topic for a completely different podcast, but <laughs> completely on brand with the gaming podcast. We are going to go way off topic, and I apologize to everyone, but I'm not. It's ridiculous how much RuPaul's Drag Race there is at the moment. Um, we've just in the, we're about to finish off Canada. We just had All Stars. Uh, Holland is starting next month. Uh, Australia's due at the end of the year. Um, and then we're back on the bike and VH1 announced that another All-Stars has been commissioned. Another season, 25,652 or whatever it is, has been commissioned to the main one. And RuPaul's yeah. just sat there on their ranch, just fracking away, um, <laughs> being being completely happy with herself, just counting all that dollar coming in. Um, yeah. And if you didn't think that, if, if by the way as well, it, for those that missed it, because it's not airing in the UK, thank God, but if you do feel like you're missing out on your RuPaul content and 20 series and a load of spin-offs isn't enough for you, the RuPaul Live, they actually went in, in the one in Vegas, they actually filmed the TV show that was kind of like the real housewives of RuPaul Live. Um, and it's the bitchiest show I've ever seen. And I saw some clips on it on Facebook and it's just come off the back of, yeah, I think it airs after Drag Race Canada which is the most, one of them, I think, one of the most wholesome versions of the concept because, of course, they're Canadian. Um, and and they you just come off the back of it and you just have, like, this completely faux drama of people sort of, like, flapping around in Vegas, uh, insulting every, each other five minutes and, and complaining about how much effort they're having to put into a show that they're being paid to do. So the whiplash between, like, the wholesome and the... Uh... Exactly, exactly. You know, Can we I get will, back on? I will, I will confess, like I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> That's the kind well, of trashy TV I love. Go and find it on YouTube. It's there. You're welcome to it. I'm going to get back onto topic. Imagine that. Um, two other things that caught my eye. One, Sea of Thieves um, has dogs. I love who... dogs. Yeah, pirates so and dogs. If you need to improve a game, add a dog. But That's only if you can pet ru- it. Yes, exactly. And you can in Sea of Thieves. You can bring yes. the dogs with you on your journey, um, which is lovely, basically. Um, if you need to improve a game, add a dog and all is well. Apparently, uh, sorry, I'm going off again. Uh, but this is th- this at least is on gaming. It's not on Drag Race. Apparently, in The Last of Us 2, you can actually uh, bring a dog with you 
you can actually pet the dog and bring the dog with you on your journeys. Don't you also have to kill the dog? You don't kill it. You can opt not to kill it, and you can oh, bring okay. it with you on. on if okay. you don't do it, you can actually bring it with you on your as a companion or food, no. I guess. Now revealing that I've not, I've not played it. So <laughs> <laughs> revealing, revealing plainly, I've not yet. Uh, and the last thing for me is uh, Kiwi. Um, for people that love Overcooked, um, the sort of haphazard physics games, uh, Kiwi, the story of two birds that run a post office. Um, not in America, because they'd be fired by now. Um, uh, but I think it, I believe it's in New Zealand. So they're still employed. Would make sense. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, cool. Yes, I, I just got that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no we got that they are kiwi birds uh but it's spelled kiwi k-e-y-w-e whatever um uh, it's a co-op game it's about shipping and sending parcels and you have to jump around and press buttons and whatever else it looks cute it looks and bloody adorable it does anything else catch your eye from gamescom before we move the conversation onwards i feel there's uh, good chat there are a few others that kind of caught my eye, but oh, they're, cool. they're sort of like very, very short at the moment. Things like um, Unknown, Unknown Nine Awakening looks mm-hmm. really intriguing. Um, got some big kind of X-Men vibes, but in a nice. non-Western context. But there's just not enough info on that yet. So I'm interested to see what else comes out of that. And also just something to make me go, what year is it with Werewolf the Apocalypse <laughs> Earth Blood coming out? Um, I remember sitting around a table with bunches of friends rolling dice um, <laughs> doing our Werewolf the Apocalypse. So it's going to be interesting to see if it's any good <laughs> um it could go multiple ways it's a little unclear i think at the trailer for me but mm. i'm interested because of <laughs> because it's where the apocalypse i am fascinated. fingers crossed for all of that um i think gamescom it had a bit of bad press um but i think all of the digital events this year have had a bit of bad press um i think people fans gamers uh are sort of have always been demanding more and i think in 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 lockdown to achieve what everyone's achieving at the moment um i think is amazing so to keep everything going i think it's uh a big a big well done to all of them moving on uh last week saw the release of tell me why uh don't nod's new game and the first major game to feature a trans male protagonist Leon, you wrote an amazing review for us. Uh, this game is truly making history. Why do you think this was an important story for Don't Nod to tell right now? Uh, it's. I don't think it's. I think it's really hard to to explain how tense and difficult things are for trans folks, right? Um, you know, there's particularly in the UK, but we've also seen in the States and in wider parts of the world, we are seeing quite the, uh, what I consider almost a kind of culture war, I suppose, particularly mm. at, you know, directed at trans people, particularly, particularly trans women, but not uniformly trans women. And, you know, it, it's, it is coming at us from, from legislation, it's coming at us in the forms of um, people Massive followings who used to write things about wizards coming out and thinking that they know <laughs> anything about anything and should really have their social media taken away from them. But the 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 impact I think that is being felt for members of the trans community right now, how difficult things are, cannot be overstated. And I think it's particularly difficult if 
you know, you sit on the sort of intersection between a trans identity and say non-white identity, particularly a black identity right now. The the immense pressures put on of sort of misinformation being spread, of violence being done, of you know, both on a systematic level and emotional and physical levels. Um, I think it's really, really important to see representations of trans people in our media that reflect us as people and not as a sort of the stereotypes that we have seen for so, so long. Um, there are so many kind of examples of trans characters who are just not done very well and it kind of exacerbates this sense of that we're you know we are either strange beings to be feared um or on some level or that um that we don't really exist as people um so i think i think donald's choice to do this is really quite important and i don't and very valuable in the scope of what we're looking at in terms of medium representation. And in terms of um, the game itself, they, it's it's actually the first game that, that, as you say, it's really important to see a trans person actually be a person and actually have that whole 360 kind of personality that's not only just, hey, they're trans, but also um, he's someone who has layers and has faults and has things wrong with him and goes through challenges and lives a relatively everyday life and I think for me that the authenticity they put into the character I think can't be understated either. I completely agree one of the things I was um, sort of backtrack one of the things that I did sort of say in the opening of my review was that when when Don't Nod announced that Tell me why I was going to have a transgender character as one of the protagonists of this game. My social media blew up. Mm. Um, unsurprisingly, I'm very out as a gay trans man in games, so people were excited on my behalf. Like, are you excited that there's going to be a trans <laughs> character in this game? And I was kind of like, yes. Um, <laughs> very tentative. You're like, yes, mm. I am. And I'm also not. Um, and that's nothing to do with Don't Nod, and there's longer kind of explanations in the review that I, I wrote. But I think what was, you know, sitting down to play this game um, and seeing what Tyler was like as a character, it was really, really um, sort of fascinating to see a trans man on screen. Um, and how much he felt like a trans man. Just, like it, it seems you know, the bar is so low. Um, but he's, he is a character that I was, you know, I, I went in a bit nervous about, not just for the sort of representation side of things, but I had a sort of almost the other end of the spectrum where I was really, really worried that Don't Nod would going to create what I would consider a sort of precious trans baby mm. that couldn't could do no wrong was going to effectively be this sort of perfect angelic um and and you know this, this angel of a character that i think i would personally really have disliked um 
I'm not a big fan of um, saccharine stories mm. personally. It's not my it's not my thing. So I was very braced, not just for the sort of sort of standard not so great representation stuff or things that just slightly missed the mark, but I was really worried about you know, this sort of you know, going too far and just being like, this is unrealistic um, because I think there's a, there's a want to do right by trans people and represent us well, but that can go too far. It can make us into things that we are not as people because we are yeah. people. Um, and I think it was really, really important and very well done. Tyler got things wrong and he got angry and mm. he was a brat at times and he did unfair things. He made um, mistakes. And I really found that super valuable. Um, there were times where I was like, what are you doing, mate? Um, but, and, <laughs> sort yourself and, out. <laughs> sort yourself out. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, that's, like, that's, that's not fair. Um, and there were other times when I was like, yeah, you know what? Have that rage. You deserve that mm. rage. And I'm really pleased to see that you deserve that and he was really multifaceted really appreciated seeing that i, I almost i was not expecting it. i remember when don't nod first revealed tell me why um which was in november i think last year that it was we reached out to them straight away because i, I we saw from our side of the fence, which would be the similar side of the fence to you, the one you were on, the, the way that a lot of social media, a lot of our trans uh, readers and writers and friends and colleagues and whatever else were all, were all sort of like, again, a kind of a collective intake of uh, breath of like, oh God, they're doing a trans story. Um, and I think it was like, so, so we, we reached out straight away and we got an interview with them. Uh, and we actually... Um, I think I think you were involved in that. I, we actually harnessed, sort of gar uh, garnered together some questions from uh, some of our readers, uh, and 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 we reached out to them and said, like, these are some of the issues that people are having. Um, and they were very quick at the time to say, no, we 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 know that, we see that, we recognise that, we've worked with Glad, we've worked with um, some other trans people on the story creation people on in the company uh the actor who portrays tyler um is trans and and they have had their input into the story as well and and tried to give their kind of lived authenticity a little bit so that was great and i think when it came out to show those levels and and your review does capture a lot of that really well to show that to, to reflect that i think was so important um and i i think yeah, I mean, look, it's like I say, it's it's history making. I think we're sitting here, literally, sort of watching history unfold. We've just had chapter one. There are two chapters to go that have been released later this month and early next month, I think. Um, and it's it's an interest. It's going to be fasc fascinating to see where the game goes with it. And I, I, but one thing is for sure, they are definitely they have definitely done this right. They have, and I think they really deeply need to be commended. I think. You know, I've read various different reviews which have a variety of takes, particularly on the story side of Tell Me Why. And in, in places I agree, you know, in, in people can go and find whatever reviews they, they want on that. Not which ones I've seen, but there are sort of criticisms on, criticisms on to do with the actual storytelling, that it's not um, sharp a story enough or not dark enough in mm. places. 
and you know the as a as a consumer of media like the kind of media that i like i tend to lean into the darker stories so on the one hand i agree with all these these insights and on the other hand when it comes specifically to tell me why i was like i can see the want for it to have been that but that's not the story they were telling and i can, and it's fairly obvious i think to me playing it that's not what this game is hmm. and i hope in some ways that that this this is the door that opens up a lot of different opportunities for a whole range of different you know story genres themes to be told with authentic trans characters at the helm because something something else that occurred to me as i was playing tell me why um i felt a strange kind of protectiveness for tyler not in the way that i thought i was going to but because i sort of sat there and went you are going to have so much on your shoulders because everyone is going to want you to be something specific and he could never be everything this game in general mm. could not have been everything to everyone and what everyone needed to be right this moment because it's impossible for a single piece of media to be everything to everyone but the desperation for authentic trans and lgbt i think in general characters to exist in a way that don't make us sort of wince or cringe or mm. be braced for discomfort means that the sorts of stories that we as individuals want to consume aren't always going to be made available to us in the ways that you know are you know, frankly straight stories at all like if you don't you, you didn't like that particular movie because of that story that's okay you can find another one whereas yeah. it's not really the same for us as as lgbtq consumers and i think even less so for trans and players so I, I think for me playing this game, I, I really wanted to enjoy it for what it was and what it was trying to be. And what it was trying to be was, I think, something that was safe in one particular area and you know, specifically in the sort of trans representation areas. Mm. So you didn't feel like you were going to be blindsided by some trans specific trauma. And a bit of a local mystery. So I didn't personally have these sort of like uh, really, uh, I should say different. I went into this game and just enjoying it for what it was. And I was engaged enough in the sort of small town America mystery internal you know, who, who's doing what with mm. who, where's the past going on with Tyler and Allison as the guide through that, that sort of snapshot of small town, Alaskan town um, secrets. And for, for that, from that perspective, I really, really genuinely enjoyed it. Um, because it could have just been a game that was a brother and sister who were both sis. Mm. Yeah. And, I don't think it would have been as interesting. But I, I think this comes back to sort of the idea of authentic representation because, and this is, I, I know it's the same drum that I beat every time, but it's so important, the fact that I think there are games out there 
Um, I always lean into Borderlands at this point. It's, just, it's one of my sort of go-tos. But there's so much authentic representation because they're normal. And I'm using that in a really kind of air quotey kind of way. But it's just normal in, in a sense that you're right. You, they could have told that story with cis uh, brother and sister. And it wouldn't have been as good from an interesting sort of like point of view. Um, but it still could have taken place. And I think that's what's that's where the, the point we're trying to get to is, is, is the fact that this is not a trans game. This is a really good game that has a trans character as a protagonist. In the same way that Borderlands is a good shoot-em-up that occasionally has uh, queer characters that you just come across and um, they just exist. Um, they don't have to be, but they are. And I think that's that's life. That's the representation that you're after. That's the kind of normality in a... I hate using that phrase, but it's in, in this instance, it's the, the normality of... of, of living and, and existing in that space in being in a story you don't have to be gay but you are you don't have to be trans but they are and suddenly you're in a place that it just it's enrichment rather than necessarily setting out to tell a trans story and I, I believe that's what they did when they created the game is that they were just trying to create a really good story and one of the decisions that was taken was hey let's for no other reason than just for the sake of having a bit of trans representation, let's have the the character as trans. And that added in some extra dimensions, but they'd already pretty much fleshed out a good story. And so adding in the trans element doesn't necessarily, and I mean this in the best possible way, doesn't necessarily um, add much intrinsic value to the, to the base game. And that's where you want to be. You want the character to be there, adding their personal value, being beautifully trans in the game. But at the same time, you don't want the game to be totally just the trans game. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The, you know, the, the you know, yeah, real talk, you know, this is not a game that will appeal to everyone. Just, you know, on a, on a, mm. a pure kind of gameplay level. And you know, it's not going to be everyone's thing. And that's okay as well. You know, it, it's it to me. It's if I'm being brutally honest. It's not the kind of game that I would have typically picked up. I mm, think on my either. own. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I am not so into the kind of Life is Strange stuff, which is no disrespect to, to Don't Nod. It's just not what I've been. It's not the kind of thing that I play. So I I wouldn't have picked it up independently. I don't think. I was curious to know what they were going to do with Tyler, and the fact that he is beautifully created. Mm. makes something really really special about this game it means that you know i even someone who doesn't really play these kinds of games i really enjoyed it and i, and I want to replay it at some point because i didn't get anywhere near all the sort of little easter eggs all the kind of the side yeah. you know all different responses like I, I want to go back and see what what else is in there um and i think the it kind of Touching back on the fact that he just happens to be trans and that just happens to be mm. well integrated into the story, I think again kind of ties back to my, my sort of earlier, if I said earlier about worrying that he would not be everything that every trans guy would need of him and worrying about some kind of backlash. But I'm glad that so far there's, there has not been that. But I'm also you know, quite strongly aware that he cannot be everyone's 
trans represent you know, trans masculine representation. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's you know, for, for one thing, just because it's not possible. But two, you know, he's he's a very white representation of trans masculine identity. You know, he's he's a very now I recognize it very much as a, as a mm. white trans guy, uh, but he's not going to be. You know, his experience is not going to be that. Say a, a black trans guy, so it's just very very different. Um, which is again, he could not. You know, it could not be. Mm. You know, it's just not possible to be everything all at once. But even as a white trans guy myself, I'm a little bit older than Tyler is in the UK, and there was still plenty in his experiences that um, I'll, I'll say I wasn't expecting to catch the fields. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, as far as like, you know, I, I have a background in some film and media and, and particularly LGBT history. So I've seen a lot of, um, a lot, a lot, a lot of stories, of particularly film and TV that feature LGBT characters and trans characters. And I wasn't, I, I was expecting certain things from him. And as I was playing, I don't think I quite had prepared myself for the experience of controlling a trans character and the sense of sort of going through your quote unquote <laughs> hometown, small mm. town, and feeling the sort of sense of tension of, oh my God, are people going to question? Are they going to ask about my previous life? Are they going mm. to dead name in a way that's, that's sort of lived experience? You know, my, my own upbringing, I grew up in Devon, see. Um, I'm not out in, you know, down there. And there is a sort of nervousness of going back to visit in the real world of like, what if I bump into someone I knew from school? What if they recognize yeah. me? What if we, what, you know, what if I meet one of my friend's parents? What if they recognize me? Um, and so playing Tyler in this little town, I was very prepared for someone to frankly cause shit um, or consistently cause shit. And I, I think there's something very particular about playing him when you are trans yourself. Um, for all the little life expectations. Mm. Of, is someone going to misgender him? Is someone going to give him, you know, call him the wrong name? Or is, is someone going to, you know, like, are you much prettier as a girl or you know, any of that kind of shit? Um, and it was touched on, but it wasn't anywhere near what I was expecting. And as soon as it became very clear that wasn't what Dope Nod was doing, I could relax again. I didn't have to like expect that some yeah. transphobe was going to jump out. And on the one hand, it is a very sanitized version of that experience. On the other hand, sometimes transphobia is kind of awkward and I liked that actually the instances of sort of transphobic tension in the game was kind of awkward more mm. than it was aggressive it wasn't a kind of there was no sort of sense of violence but it was a sort of oh this this person that you knew as a kid doesn't quite know how to speak to you now they're a little bit mm. uncomfortable they don't quite know what to say <laughs> um, and I, I liked that it was a nice touch it's interesting. 
Uh, thank you for writing that amazing review. Uh, everyone needs to go and read that immediately. Uh, and then everyone needs to go and play Tell Me Why immediately. Uh, chapter one is out now. Chapter two and three are coming out in the next few weeks at this side of Christmas in the fall, autumn, October, somewhere before Christmas. Um, coming up after the break, I'm talking to Martin Lathbury, a.k.a. Pixel Punks, about his amazing pixel art. But for now, it's a huge goodbye to Leon. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. You're welcome. Uh, and we will see you all after the break. Did you know that Gaming Magazine now has a Discord channel? Come and enjoy more chat, gossip and gameplay with your fellow gamers from around the world. Visit GamingMag.com forward slash Discord to get started. Welcome back. I'm joined by my special guest this week. It's Martin Lathbury, a.k.a. Pixelpunks. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, no, pleasure. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm surviving lockdown. I'm uh, doing a lot of uh, pixel art. It's, uh, it's been pretty good, playing a lot of games as well. That's the best thing. That is the best thing about lockdown. Um, you mentioned, obviously, doing pixel art. So you are a pixel artist. I think a lot of people sort of know what that is. But for those that don't know, can you sort of summarize what pixel art is? So, yeah, I feel like it's... At its core, it's basically making art out of some of the kind of smallest matter you can with regards to digital art. You know, you're making stuff purely from pixels. It's um, obviously it goes all the way back to when uh, video games were first created. It was a easy way of being able to create characters and um, and to create software. Um, obviously, it's come a long way since then. I think you have all these different types of pixel art. Obviously, you have pixel art for gaming. You have pixel art um, for static art pieces, which is what I do a lot of. You also have versions of pixel illustration that um, you'll see from uh, Gustavo Vilsner, I believe is his name. He's based in Israel. So it's really, it's difficult I think you'll get a lot of pixel art purists that will define it, will we'll try and define it as it's very much as 8-bit, 16-bit or 32-bit, and those are the parameters with it you, within uh, which you work. But I think people like myself and what I'm seeing from a lot, of, a lot of other artists out there is that they are kind of changing the rules of pixel art to suit the needs of changing technology. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I love pixel art that there is something uh incredibly geeky about it but there's also something incredibly detailed and what i find fascinating about it is is that for an art form that's inherently made up of little squares the it's the way you can get texture to it and the way you can get depth to it that i've always been sort of absolutely fascinated by because it's not just putting squares next to each other is it it's there are there's layering and then there's ideas of sort of being able to bring some shadow in etc there is yeah i think it's Obviously, the the bigger you go, the more opportunity there is. But what I like is I primarily work in really kind of small, chunky pixel. I would say, I would say sixteen to thirty-two bit is kind mm. of my sweet spot and where where I work. But um, the thing about pixel art, which is one of the reasons why I was drawn to it, is it, with changing literally one or two pixels on a character's face you can completely change the entire emotion of that character mm. um which i think is which i think is really interesting and the way you can utilize different color palettes to evoke different moods to evoke different environments um there's a 
surprising amount of versatility within such a small space and trying to make it work so you find that sweet spot where it all kind of comes together with colour, with character, with shading. Um, that's kind of the, that, that's the main challenge of it, really. And I find myself forever making mistakes, which is, it's like any other kind of other art form. You've got to kind of, you've got to keep making mistakes, keep making mistakes until you find what works. The main thing with pixel art is there have been such kind of, there are the kind of rigid rules in terms of how it was created. And they're there for a reason, you know. When we talk about 81632, it's because it's values of four, because it's square pixels. Mm -hmm. And when you want to up-res, it's going to keep to scale. So there are certain rules there, but I'm very much a believer in you learn the basics and you learn those rules in order to be able to bend and break them and try new things with them. And how long ago uh, did you start doing pixel art? When did I start it? Uh, I think it was about three years ago. I started it. I was by full-time workplace uh, listens to this, they probably won't be happy, but I remember I was really bored one day at work. It was like a Thursday afternoon, and I was on my, I think, my second playthrough of Stardew Valley, best game ever in my opinion. And mm -hmm. I, I was at work and I was like, I was just looking, I was on the Stardew Valley um, wiki, which I live on, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if I could make myself into like a little stardew valley character and um because i i do digital designs my day job so i was just like oh, i'll do a photoshop see if i can watch a couple of tutorials on youtube and made a character and i sent it to my boyfriend he's like oh that looks really good and i'm like i know right and then <laughs> i made and then i made one of him and so we had a little pixel a couple of us and i was like this is really fun and it literally just went from there i literally then started thinking, oh, what if I could make Overwatch characters in the style of, like, Stardew Valley sprites? And then it just kind of snowballed. I set up an Instagram account. I called it Pixel Punks because there is literally no reason why it's called that. I like alliteration. And it's a P and then it's a P and it wasn't taken. So I went with that. Um, yeah, it kind of just snowballed from there, really. Um, we talked a little bit about, obviously, the inspiration behind it and Stardew Valley, etc. Mm. What other inspirations did you take or do you take with your with your pixel art? I mean, a lot of people, uh, it's probably sacrilege to me saying this, a lot of people obviously will always look at, like, Mario and Pac-Man and some of the, and, um, and like, Space Invaders. And um, they will look at some of these classics for inspiration and... Trust me, I've done my research and they're fantastic, but I get a lot of my inspiration around some of the newer artists and the newer games that have come out in the past few years. Um, for example, I love the games that um, uh, MacMate Games, the non-binary developer they come out with, so Celeste, um, Towerfall, mm -hmm. very, very good with animation extremely small sprites that they're working with but the amount of like detail they're able to get across um within their animation and just the scenes in general um i think is really good um there are a lot of other great artists just on instagram you look at like pixel art and you see what some people are doing it's amazing i am um, i'm always very inspired by who i mentioned earlier gustavo Vilsner. i think he's pixel gustavo on instagram He's known for his kind of pixel illustration style and he's done extremely well with them. I think he has um, worked on some games, but he 
does a lot of these art prints that look at um he takes scenes from movies and tv shows and he makes them into a pixar scene so he's done everything from friends to stranger things um he's he's really good um i'm a big fan of his um and yeah i think that's it i think obviously it was stardew valley that really kicked it off for me so just seeing all these other indie games and artists and just seeing what they're coming out with they're always kind of change changing it up um and trying to do something trying to do something new with it and i think just indie the indie scene in general even if you just to talk outside of pixar for a second just seeing what they're able to do with the technology now and you're just seeing these very small teams of people being able to create these amazing experiences and this amazing artwork and it's constantly they're trying something new it's not the same one-two punch of a triple a over and over again mm. there's always something different there's always something new and uh just seeing all of that out there at the moment it's just it, it would be very difficult to not get inspired by that i think we, we do seem to be living through kind of like a a renaissance almost of the classic video game style um for anyone who hasn't seen it go and watch a uh, high score on netflix it's amazing but you can see in in that mm -hmm. season how that sort of the, the the original pixel stuff started to come through and because as you say by in the technology of the day that's what they were limited to that was their that was their designs but it's interesting now to see that pixel art is coming back around again and becoming mainstream uh in a way that people are now creating new games in 2020 uh, that uh, is is based on pixel art and I think that's I think it's amazing but I, I what I find interesting about it is that doing pixel art with new technology means that you can put shading in the pixel you can put detail in the pixel um, so actually it's it's kind of pixel art 2.0 yeah exactly I mean I guess if you were to say like back in the day like I've watched the first episode no the first two episodes of the, mm. of the um of the Netflix documentary, and I think it's great, but it was obviously it was it was designed by necessity. Um, it was what they were. It's it's they had to work within those limits and those parameters because there was nothing else available. Um, mm. And now to see people, you don't have to work in that. I mean, pixel art is it's a more economical way to work if you're say an indie developer making your first game. It's much easier and quicker to work with it than say 3D rendering. But you're seeing these games coming out that are doing different things to it so if you take dead cells for example that's a, it's a anyone who doesn't know it roguelike platformer it's great it's very fun got a great sense of humor and one of the lead artists did a really really great blog about just talking about the design process of that game and it was super fascinating to read and they the character in dead cells he like it's the 3d render that they made all the animations and everything is done is 3d rendered and then what they did was they wanted to create a pixel art game but obviously they had to make the they wanted the frames and all the animations to be super seamless and super fluid so they did everything within 3d and got this 3d model of a character and then they just resed it down they completely compressed mm. it till they got like this pixel art figure and then they used that as the as the basis of the game and i just think i that's the first time it may have been done before but that's the first time i've heard of anything coming into pixel art from a 3d animation perspective it yeah, yeah it's, that's that's really interesting sort of like the way they'd had to develop a 3d high, sort of hd kind of game and then grade it down to pixel level i that's 
that's a really interesting choice of way of sort of developing something. Oh yeah, totally. And it's, it, it was, I guess in some ways it's probably easy to do animation. Like I'm going to hold my hands up. I am not the world's best animator. I've currently been learning it in lockdown and it's fascinating and I'm really enjoying it, but it's flipping difficult. It's re- <laughs> it's, it's, it's so difficult. Like I didn't, like even just to do like a really smooth like walk cycle is mm. you're looking at it's between like eight to ten frames it obviously depends on the style of what you're going for but i have this idea at the moment of working of doing almost like a pixel art tv show or cartoon or something i'm not too sure mm. what it is at the moment but i've been practicing some animation stuff with that and just to get these movements so fluid like the amount of trial and error and the frames you need, it's its work. No, I can imagine. Ever you were to describe yeah. it as something. <laughs> um, we're talking about your process a little bit. So from st- take, me th- take me through the kind of idea of like, I want to do this. I, I want to uh, recreate this character and I want to do it in pixels. Uh-huh. What's the sort of, where, where do you start and where, how does that process all the way through that? Um... So my process used to be, <laughs> really haphazard i used to literally I, I would i would just have a reference photo and basically just be like throwing pixels at the screen just being like does that look right does that look right um i tried everything from my tracing stuff like that one thing i've found that's helped me most is actually looking at the i guess traditional rules behind uh character creation and just general illustration and working with super basic shapes. So if I'm saying, if I've, if I've got a character that I'm referencing and I want to um, translate them to this format, I'll look at the basic shape of that character. Like a, they're generally either a circle, a triangle or a square, um, or they could mm-hmm. be an amalgamation of all those different things. And getting the basis of those in first is kind of how I like to work. I normally work with it completely blacked out and I'm aiming to get the silhouette right because behind every good, character that's been created and all the ones we know they have a very distinct silhouette if you look at everything from Mm. batman to spongebob squarepants um they've all got an extremely distinct silhouette and so i i start there i work with the basic shapes i try and get that silhouette refined and then it comes down to breaking up the model like making sure i've got definition between the head the legs the torso the arms and um once i'm happy with that basic makeup i'll work on um do any amends to like their proportions um have have a look at uh, the position in terms of how they're standing how they're sitting all that stuff and then the final um the final stages then coloring and shading um i guess the one thing i have learned and i'm still learning when i'm doing any character designs whether they're original or parodies is with pixel art you can't always be too subtle if you're in terms mm. of if you're doing your coloring your your palette has to be really good to ensure there's extreme contrast so for example if you have a, if you have a green t-shirt on a character if you're going to highlight that you're not going to do it with a lighter green you're going to do it with a yellow it's it's learning everything around color theory and i've been trying to implement that into it and with regards to how characters look in terms of them not being subtle it's all about proportions as well their fists might look a bit bigger than say they would on like an average person Mm. it's um 
but my process has definitely got more refined i think um i'm still figuring out what it is but at the moment i just what i just went through in terms of shape silhouette color yeah um, that's kind of what i'm using at the moment and it seems to be working i think it's working really well nice. <laughs> <laughs> um what has uh, obviously you say you've been doing it for sort of a few years now mm. um with still a day job on the side that we hope don't listen to this podcast um what's been your <laughs> what's been your biggest success today um it was this year and i feel really bad because obviously it, it's been such a it's been such a crap time for the world especially mm. in, in 2020 um but in some ways, this has been one of my best years I've had, um, especially if I'm looking at like everything with regards to pixel art. So um, after the um, Digi Pride exhibition I was in on Gaming Magazine, I got contacted mm -hmm. by a guy called Ian Masters, who owns uh, Flick Games, and they have a game called Flick Solitaire, which is a new fun take on Solitaire and some of your favourite card games. And he contacted me about making a deck. He was like, I love your art style. I want you to make a um, a whole deck of cards that is pixel art. And I was like, okay, work. Yeah, I can do that. Um, mm. And if I want to, we're going to go back to process for a second. That taught me <laughs> what my process should and definitely should not be. Um, but that, that's been amazing because I've been doing this for three years and I never... Like, you always hope, but I never would have thought that I would create a design for a game. Um, however big or small, the fact that I was able to just, like, I've just found this passion randomly one day and stuck with it. And now it's, like, turning into professional work and professional commissions. And it could be something that may be a viable career, maybe a side career, I don't know. But, like, um, it's amazing. And... I, that project, I mean, it finished literally two weeks ago, but it's it's the proudest thing I've done. And um, it's that one, I think everyone has some of those pieces of work that they do where they're like, I'm genuinely proud of what I achieved there. And um, I think it's great. Everyone go download Flick Solitaire and play, and play with yeah. my pixel art deck. The, the yeah absolutely the 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 deck itself, I've seen some pictures of it, is is amazing. And it's just another sort of example of... I guess if you if somebody sort of said like create a pixel art deck of cards for a game on a mobile phone you'd sort of think well I wouldn't have to do too much for that because they're relatively small squares on a small square mm -hmm. but then actually when you when you look at what you've done the the detail in that small space in pixels I think is absolutely amazing um and I think you got picked up for an exhibition at GDC as well. I did. I did. Well, that. thank you for bringing that up, Robin. Yes, I did. <laughs> I, yeah, um, the some, the concept image. Um, I, I did, obviously before going full steam on on Flick Solitaire, I did some concept images of like what the decks could potentially look like, and yeah, just entered that into the GDC summer virtual exhibition, and I got accepted which is crazy. It got accepted with another artist from Flick Solitaire whose name escapes me at the moment, but um, there are a load of other artists in there. It was very much focusing on um, artists from different minority backgrounds, which was great. Mm. Um, and there were some really like amazing pieces of work in that exhibition, like the kind of art I could only dream of being able to make everything from um 
3D modelling, to environment art, to level design, to original character concepts. It was a complete melting pot of all these people from around the world with all these different skills. And yeah, to, to be accepted into that and to feel like that what I created was good enough to sit alongside them. Like, it's, it's, an ama- it's, it's amazing. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I feel very, very honored that they selected my little my little pixel kings and queens <laughs> from the deck to to join it. Uh, and talking about commissions, um, I mentioned earlier in the show that the reason you're here specifically is because uh, we commissioned you. Um, oh. We are, yeah, absolutely. So we, at the end of our Digi Pride, um, we for the whole of the last three months, we've had our Digi Pride headers on social media. And when it came to the end of that, I didn't want to go back to an old boring thing that we had before. So uh, I reached out to Martin and we commissioned a kind of concept of uh, a social header that kind of summed up everything to do with gaming. And that was kind of the brief I gave you, wasn't it? It wasn't much more than just give me something fun that sort of summarizes the whole gaming experience with a why. Um, And what you came up with is genuinely amazing. Um, I'm I'm looking at it on my screen now. You can go and check it out at all of our social media channels. talk me through it where do, where do we start with this i mean i it's just every time i look at it i keep seeing new little details and i keep seeing new little bits um and it's absolutely amazing well thank you very much abe for uh for commissioning <laughs> me um but it's yeah the, when he came to me with this i was th- I, I, there, there were so many ideas that ran through my head straight away and i was thinking of whether it's like we do portraits of different um of different types of gamers um, that um, sit as a header maybe within the rainbow. Um, but I kind of, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit more. And I had this idea of almost a, like a 2D Smash, Smash Brothers slash Battle Royale mm-hmm. kind of idea. I wanted something that felt quite unified in terms of lots of different types of gamers coming together um, and doing really badass stuff within an image. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this is going to be a bigger job than I anticipated. Um, <laughs> which is a great thing because I feel like I, you should always challenge yourself. Um, and this definitely was a challenge for me. And um, it's, I wanted to make sure it was diverse. I wanted to make sure we had different skin tones in there. I wanted to make yep. sure we had different, um, we had, uh, people um from um, differently abled bodies in there mm-hmm. um i wanted to make sure we had people with different colored hair and different um skills and abilities that were using on screen um and it, it came out great i'm i'm pretty happy with it there's there's some nice little kind of i guess like easter eggs or references to um to other games in there, um, done in a way where there is no copyright infringement. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, we're not going to get sued. That was number one on my list of commissions. Exactly. There's, the, <laughs> Martin, draw me something that I'm not going to get sued for. I know the temptation <laughs> to have like a like a bloody Fortnite bus in the background or something like <laughs> is was 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 definitely there. Um, but yeah, I hope people look at it and they 
they think it's fun and it, it brings them a little bit of joy and every time they look at it they might see something a little bit different mm. um that's yeah that was kind of the aim for it it was it was a genuine joy to make and i think that translates onto the screen there's just so much it's such a dynamic image i think that for me it was something that I really wanted something, and I think you captured it perfectly, but I, I really wanted something that wasn't just um, a, a controller in, in pixels uh, with yeah. somebody stood next to it or something. Mm -hmm. it, it needed to be the kind of like the full, the full queer experience. Um, and I think the having the sort of trolls on there is genius of sort of fighting the trolls. Yeah. And the, it just, it, it completely sums up with its title of Let's Go Gaming. Um, it is for me just that, that real kind of... Uh, I, I, my dream is, and I feel like everyone can look at this photo and see themselves in it. Um, like you say, there are different sizes of bodies, different hair, different uh, builds, different uh, ability levels. Um, and, and yeah, and, and the additional kind of bonus bits around the outside of the chat box uh, with MB, with, uh, with you obviously saying love it at the bottom, which is a bit self-referential, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> another, another Easter egg from the artist. Um, yeah. Uh, bears for me, which is all good. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's so much there that I think it's, it's just, it's actually really, really cool. Um, and there's some exciting news, uh, attached to this as well, because as I alluded to earlier in the show, um, there is actually uh, the ability for people to be able to get their hands on uh, copies of this uh, in a very limited edition run of posters, which I'm super excited about. And, and thank you for sort of signing off on this. Um, Martin is actually pre uh, preparing this almost as we speak mm -hmm. um, to uh, have uh, assigned copies, basically. So there's going to be 25 copies that are available. Uh, it costs £25 to buy and 15 pounds of each poster that we sell uh, is going to a charity called Safe in Our World, uh, which is a mental health, video game mental health charity, specifically uh, helping people both in the industry and also in the player base uh, deal with a variety of mental health issues. Um, they have a very specific LGBT mission as well, uh, which is great, but obviously mental health is something that sits across uh, the whole of the human race and regardless of anybody's uh, background we all all suffer from mental health problems occasionally so i think they do great work um and i'm super proud to be able to support that with this um yeah that's that's absolutely fantastic yeah it's great it's nice to be able to translate this from something digital to something physical and hopefully it will it, you know it can make a nice gift for someone or it could just be it could just be a nice a nice product to own that hopefully showcases their pride not in just being lgbt but being uh being being a gamer and um mm. i think it's, it's 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 always nice to have the opportunity to be able to do something that helps support um an organization doing the kind of work that they're doing excellent uh martin thank you so much for joining me today um Go and check out the gaming magazine article about this very podcast episode um, because the, the information on how you can get your hands on these signed copies uh, will be on there. There's 25 available. There will only ever be 25 available. It's first come, first serve and get them while they're hot. Exactly. Uh, Martin, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much <laughs> for having me. This was a pleasure and a treat. And anytime I get to talk about pixels is uh is, is, <laughs> is a good a good time for me so uh yeah thank you for having me
Excellent. Uh, that's the end of our episode. A big thank you to my guests, Leon and Martin, and an even bigger thank you to you all for listening. We're going to be back in two weeks with our next episode, but in the meantime, keep up with all the LGBTQ video gaming stories on Gaming Magazine. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss any of these amazing stories. We are at Gaming Mag. Take care, see you soon, and goodbye. <laughs>